if you don't have the right training or empowerment, because most of the times is um, that we have seen uh, with the community that we serve, is that they're afraid to talk to, it's not like talking back to your employer, but they see it like, what if I say this and um, he or she will fire me? Uh, so most of the times it's like, you know, I'd rather stay quiet. So empowerment, uh, it's more beneficial for, for our community that will lead them to know themselves, to start valuing not only as a person, but also as, as a worker and the work that they do. Good morning. This is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm Andrea Pineda Salgado. Division Street and Marcy Avenue meet in Brooklyn's Williamsburg neighborhood. To some, this intersection is known as La Parada, or The Stop. It's a day laborer hub that attracts undocumented immigrant women looking to find work as housekeepers. La Parada is, in a way, a very flexible workplace. Workers don't need to know much English, shifts are short, typically five to six hours a day, and most importantly, no social security number is required. But for these same reasons, the women of La Parada are easily exploited by their employers. In fact, for a long time, domestic workers lacked labor protections entirely. It wasn't until 2010 that New York State granted domestic workers the Domestic Workers' Bill of Rights. These protections are applied to workers regardless of their immigration status. But to qualify, women must work 40 hours a week for the same employer, which is not the case with most of the women who congregate at La Parada. That's one big reason why a group called the Workers' Justice Project, or WJP, has stepped up to help. Maria Valdez leads Liberty Cleaners, the House Cleaners Workers' Rights Organization within the Workers' Justice Project. She and her team work to educate and empower the women of La Parada to stand up to employers who are taking advantage of them. So most of the times the reach that we go to a corner is basically, you know, like no matter what your immigration status is, you have the right to ask for a minimum wage. Right, or uh, it doesn't mean that you have to take, you know, like all the discrimination that all oh, because you don't speak English, I'm gonna pay you less, I'm gonna pay you ten dollars an hour, or because uh, you don't speak English, um, or um, you don't have documents, you don't have the right to to make a report because I'm I'm not gonna pay. Mm-hmm. And and this is the kind of like the the, the word that I use. You're, you came here to a country for better better conditions, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, kind of like, you know, start this way. Start, you know, approach to, it doesn't have to be us, but approach to community places that, you know, will kind of like inform you what, what other possibilities that you have, because many of them, their focus is, you know, like working, working, because of course they have a debt to pay. But, um, you know, like there's ESL classes that uh, public libraries offer. Um, sometimes a school that the children go offer ESL classes. Um, kind of like start, like it's an eye opening, I would say, because most of the times, you know, like, um, the immigrant community and most of the times I refer back to my my mom because you know like they come here and it's only from work to to the house and to the house to, to work and they don't see or 
you know, kind of like um, the other opportunities that they are, that there are a lot of programs that, you know, will help you um, and guide you. As Valdez explained, while laws intended for domestic workers often don't apply to the undocumented workers at La Parada, they still have rights under the New York State labor law. For example, undocumented workers have the right to a minimum wage of $15 per hour. It's also illegal for someone to threaten employees with disclosing their immigration status to authorities. But while these rights protect the women of La Parada, they work alone and must be the ones to enforce them. That's why, Valdez says, knowing one's rights is a worker's most valuable asset. Due to domestic work taking place behind closed doors, empowering workers is the most important thing organizations like Liberty Cleaners can do. The most important part, I will say, um, they become aware of the necessity that um, as workers, they're needed, they're essential. If you don't have the right kind of like... um, training or um empowerment because most of the times is um that we have seen uh with the community that we serve is that they're afraid to talk to it's not like talking back to your employer but they see it like what if i say this and um he or she will fire me um so most of the times it's like you know i'd rather stay quiet and not say anything and just do uh you know the work or you know additional work that they're asking me so empowerment uh we have seen it it's it's more beneficial for 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 our community that will lead them you know like to know themselves, to start valuing not only as a person, but also as as a worker and the work that they do, uh, but also eventually um, for them as workers to um, provide that information to the employers, be like, listen, yes. And one of the things that we kind of like um, inform them, yes, you're taking this training about, you know, hazard chemicals. Um, these these chemicals are bad for your health. If you mix, you know, bleach with ammonia, it's bad for your health, um, kind of like for your lungs and, and so. Yes, it's bad for the worker, but eventually it's bad for the employer as well because who's going to get home uh, by the end of the day when you finish cleaning? And, you know, like um, during the summer or in, in the winter, the windows are closed. And most of the times here in New York City, the windows are closed because, you know, like, uh, the air condition is fun and, and, and in the winter, you know, because it's cold. And what happens if you do the cleaning with, you know, all of these chemicals, eventually it will be as harmful as for the worker, as for the, the employer, because they will get back to the home and, you know, if there's no ventilation, right ventilation, those particles will stay in, 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 in the house. So giving that empowerment to women, kind of like knowing their area and knowing, you know, like all the hazards and knowing um, the value of the work, they will be the, the ones that could stand up to, to their employees and say, listen, this is not right. Despite the hard work of people like Valdez, problems of unsafe working conditions and wage theft persist. For those at La Parada and many others across New York City. And now there are paradas all over New York City filling up with newly arrived asylum seekers looking for work. Without rights to protect them, the cycle of abuse will only continue. 
This report was made possible with the support of Altavoz Lab with Palabra slash NAHJ, created to support community journalists in investigations on accountability in the service of immigrant communities, Latinos, or other populations that are not sufficiently represented in the media. For the full story, click the link in our show notes. Before we go, our new weekly update on monkeypox vaccines in New York City. Make sure to tune in for the latest information on vaccines, testing, care options, and much more. Hi, I'm Sam Zacker, back with this week's New York City MPV update. Last week, we went over the most up-to-date information on who is eligible for the vaccine and what the potential side effects are. To learn more, check out last week's episode. Today, I'll be discussing considerations for MPV in people who are pregnant. At this point, data regarding MPV in pregnancy is limited. It's still unknown if pregnant people are more susceptible to MPV or if infection is more severe in pregnancy. We do know that the signs and symptoms of MPV infection in people who are pregnant appear similar to those in non-pregnant people, including prodromal symptoms like fevers, headaches, lymphadenopathy, malaise, sore throats, coughs, and rashes. But during pregnancy, the cause of fever may be difficult to differentiate from other infections until the rash appears. And even then, MPV lesions can mimic those in other infections. For this reason, the CDC recommends that patients with rashes consider characteristic of more common infections be carefully evaluated by a doctor. For more information, visit cdc.gov or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for listening. Join us weekly for more news and information on MPV in New York City. Keep in mind that things are changing quickly, so if you have any specific questions or need help making a vaccine appointment, reach out to us directly at vaccine at epicenter-nyc.com or call 917-818-2690. For more ways to get involved in your community, visit us at epicenter-nyc.com. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting us as we do our best to support our community. We couldn't do it without you. And if you're not already a member, sign up today by using the link in our show notes. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Karavika. You can find more of their music on their website, linked to, in our podcast description.